Rega. Welcome to another Zusammen. Hi, Tzipi. Hi, Tzili. Hi, Yossi. Uh, Zusammen, together. And we are here. Ich bin, uh, ich bin a Frank over a great Yiddish. Und Zusammen is beyachad, is togetherness. Yeah. It's like all together now. We used to say that uh, in those days, the beginning of the 70s, the end of the 60s, when we were all hippies, and we all said, let's do it all together now. Yes. And we did it. We just, yes, but we you just... have to explain people what is uh, what is hippie? No, ich bin Frank, Mama the Frank. No, because not everybody knows Nobody what knows. Listen, the, the, the history of Yiddish starts all the way back in Iraq. In Baghdad, really? In Baghdad, yes. I, there I were it started. Hold new. on, hold on. This it's, is Yossi Alfi, and he was born in Baghdad. He was Yossi Alfi, and I was okay. wait, I was born in Basra. In Basra, I was born okay. Basra. Basra is the uh, south end of uh, Iraq. Iraq. It's on the border of uh, Persia, Abadan, um, and um, in those days, about. 1,000 years ago, a bit more may even, 1,200, 300 years ago, uh, the uh, language was called Yehudiyi. Yehudiyi in Arabic means Yiddish. Yiddish is okay. Yudit, is Yehudit. And the wording of Yehudit and Yiddish is the same wording, except there it was going by the German uh, language, was it ish, like you say ish, like lachodish, like English, blah, 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 blah. There it was called Yehudiyi, and uh, it was written in uh, letters of Rashi, which is very old uh, way of writing uh, Hebrew. And uh, from there, le people learned to speak Hebrew mixed with the uh, the local language. In other words, when uh, a Muslim would talk to you uh, Arabic, it would be completely different to the UD. And my mother, grandmother, etc., they all spoke UD, they didn't speak Arabic. And uh, in order to it's make contact, dialect. yeah, exactly. So it's like German and Yiddish. So there you are. Here we are. Let's start. We start. We already started, and it just oh, probably good. only the little bit, a bit, as we say, little bit of this man' vast knowledge. Yossi Alfi is a storyteller, unbelievable, and he runs a festival for storytelling. So he knows so much about so much. That is more than that. And uh, his wife is British. Oh, and listen to his English. That is, that is because all the Iraqi Jews were all very Englishy. You know, Englishy <laughs> means English. You know, every we were called in good names like Victoria and Albert and George and Juliet oh, yeah. and William yeah. and William and Flora and Nora, etc., etc. Even our dog was called Bobby because you know yeah. he was a but Jewish why? dog. But why? <laughs> why? Because the British came in oh. into the area of Iraq at 1921 and uh, got rid of the um, 
Turks and the uh, Ottomans. Like in Israel, yeah. Like in, in Israel, Palestine, exactly. yeah. Here they got in 1917. Yes. To Iraq, they got in 1921. It took them a bit uh, time, you know, to get okay. there. And from the moment the British came in, they realized that the allies would be Jews. And it's a very funny thing because Jews were always allies of the conquerors of Iraq. It was Genghis Khan at the time. Yeah. You know, uh, Genghis Khan, when he conquered Iraq, uh, he killed masses and masses the the the, the uh, tigris was uh, was uh, red from the uh, blood of the of the people that were killed in iraq but he never killed jews he, why i don't know he made them into allies because he said that those people are praying to something that uh, doesn't really exist and it's more interesting than praying to someone that is hanging on a cross or people that are praying with all those funny languages, which he didn't like at all. And, uh, you know, the, the, um, um, the Genghis Khan's people at, at the time, they believe in the, in the, in the spirit of the wind. The yeah. wind is the spirit. Okay. And uh, so it's an ascent the unknown. The Jews believed in something which is unknown. Not it's only unknown. Scary to help people. It, who it doesn't really exist. It. You cannot describe yes. it. You cannot touch, touch it. You cannot right. do anything. Yeah. Right. En lo guf, en lo guf, en lo tsurata guf right. means right. it doesn't have a body and it doesn't have okay. a, yeah. a, right. fo a formation of a body, which right. means that really you can say that it doesn't exist, but. People say that even when you say that he doesn't exist, he exists by the saying of he doesn't exist. Right. Uh, the Jews became allies with the British. Right. And from that moment in 1921, uh, Solel Bonet in Israel in those days, it was Palestine in those days, right. they got a contract. They got a contract to build, to build the, um, the, the um, airport in Abadan. The airport in Abadan was on the on the Tigris uh, River, but very near it. And the people that came to work were, you know, all kinds, but then Jews realized that there is some work, there is Parnassah, uh, there is, you know, making a living. And they joined the project and the British didn't understand that those guys came in with ties and with jackets and they were, you know, what they couldn't, they, so they made them uh, into uh, the managers of the project. And then the Solen Bonnet people that came from Palestine, the Israelis in those days, before they became Israelis, they sent a message to the people here in Palestine saying, you know, we found Jews in Iraq. Now they were absolutely ignoramus, you know, because they're ignorant. Because they were there a long Jews time. In Iraq, Jews in Iraq were there from the first temple, you know, and uh, uh, Yehoyachin, the king Yehoyachin, came from Jerusalem. He left Jerusalem. He had baptized with the uh, Kohens, with the Kohanim, with the priests, because they took over the uh, power on on the uh, kingdom, and he just left them and went to. Uh, Babylonia in those days. Yeah. 
and they created a new Israel. The kingdom of Israel was in Babylon. And this kingdom was without priests, without Kohanim. Without Kohanim, this is, it's, it's unbelievable, right? And they kept going at 2,650 years, not moving. They, were, they weren't the uh, wandering Jews because there was no, no better place to be than Babylon in those days. And uh, they were there all those years and created a, a nation of, of, a of their own. thriving community, a very big thriving community. Is it true they had a different Talmud? Yes, they did. Different Talmud, they, right? What do you mean was... different? The, the original Talmud, oh, okay. Talmud, the original Talmud, the original Mishnah, the original rabbis, the original tutors were from Babylon. In fact, when they started the second temple here in uh, Israel in those days, uh, Ezra, Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra was the, the old Herzl in those days. And he had the same kind of uh, idea of bringing over the poor people first to build the country, and then afterwards to bring the learned and the scholars, etc. But the learned and the scholars from Babylon didn't leave Babylon. They didn't want to come to uh, Israel in those days. And they stayed in, in Babylon. Oh, here is the lovely boy. Yes, oh, we, girl. Love him. we love him. And, and they, they, stayed, they stayed in Babylon. And you know, it's a very strange thing. Babylon in those days was like America today. Exactly. It's New York, yeah. Like New York. Yeah. Baghdad was like New York. And uh, Iraq was like America, yeah. the United yeah. States. And uh, there, were, there were fights from this side to the other side. From New York to and Jerusalem. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and uh, they, they called the people living in, in Haaretz, in the country, they called them the, the, country, the country people. In other words, the Am Haaretz. Yes. Am Haaretz. How do you explain Am it? When you um, Aretz later became something to be mocked and laughed at. Right. Yeah, but you see, but when, uh, this is not how I thought we'll start because you are first and foremost, you know, storyteller, but everything you talk about is storytelling. But however, I, I, it's almost like I, I, I cannot hold it. How come with such a history, when the Iraqi Jews came to Israel, they were not welcome with all of the glorification that they deserve. But not because the, the, people, the people that erected and started this, this uh, country, with all due respect, were ignorant. Right. They didn't know anything about the Jews else, I, 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 other places than the shtetl in uh, East Europe. They but knew. Think it's, but Yossi, do you think it's only ignorance or also they felt vain and threatened, you know, alienated over the, the Jews from the Arab countries? I think it was a mixture. The Jews from Iraq helped helped the, the congregation here in Palestine and brought a lot of money and a, a lot of help. There is uh, Betsefer Kaduri 
and Kfar Yecheskel, and many, many places were really, you know, when, when they needed money, they asked the Babylonian Jews right. to help. In fact, the Moroccan Jews were before here in Jerusalem, before the Zionists. They were the, the uh, Shunata Mugrabim. Right. Mugrabim, Mugrabim are the Westerns because, because uh, uh, Morocco is in the West. And they were called the Western, the Western uh, village or the Western uh, neighborhood. And they fed the first Zionists that arrived at the end of the 19th century, 1882. They fed them, they treated them, they welcomed them. And they were, I mean, they were like the, the respected Jews and the Zionists were the Michiganists. But you know, even moreover, the, the first university was in Morocco, in Fez, and was created by a woman. And the Ashkenazi Jews from Europe always looked down at the Moroccans. And I don't know how they had the right, how they took the right upon themselves to look down at the Jews from the Arab countries while they were not... Listen, Ignorant. I am really angry. This is like a deja vu. I'm really angry because we are from Square Dizengoff, me and Silly. Everybody knows. We already tell it all the time. And I know about what you said about Iraq because my husband was Ashkenazic from Russia or was born for, but you know, he knows a lot. He reads a lot. So he was always talking about how Iraqi is a, a, an extremely enlightened and smart and, and the culture, and amazing. But when I grew up, and you are right, nobody cared to tell us. Nobody ever told us that the Iraqi are what you described. And I feel deja vu because back then they made a delegate delegitimizing, you know, the culture of the Mizrahi or Iraqi and Moroccan, right? And today we live in a society when so many other even institutions are delegitimized. You know, like, like the police was by, 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 by a former prime minister, you know, wiped up, they wanted to wipe up the, the court and the police. And I just feel deja vu that there are people above who can really change our, prevent us from the right knowledge. I want, to, I want to explain that. Really it, comes, it, it, comes, it comes from losing identity. The, the people, the, the first Zionists that came over wanted to lose, wanted to give up the identity of the wandering Jew, the Jew that is being disrespected, etc. The Jews, the Jew that is a moneylender, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And they came to Israel to be the new Jew. And the new Jew will be an agricultural uh, Jew. It will be a, a person that will be uh, uh, working on the land and not on, on money making, etc., etc. And they really have left the rabbinical court. They left the uh, Jewish identity and created a new Jewish identity. But they did it because they wanted to do it. When they saw other people coming over, like the Romanians, like, like the Yekis, 
like you right. know the people that came from Germany. Right. I mean, the people that came from Germany, they were scholars, they were they were learned, they were they were. By the way, I'm I'm in Israel. I've got the title of Yekel uh, Leshem Kavod, which means that I'm I'm, I'm like, an honorary an honorary Yekel. <laughs> okay, I, it, it's true and it's it's signed, you know. Anyway, um, but how did you feel with uh, they did they, I mean, the, the Yekes had an identity, yes, and they were proud of it, yes, they didn't like it. The Iraqis were with identity and they didn't like it, and the Yemens came with identity and they didn't like it. Anyone that had any identity was supposed to be Galuti or, you know, the old kind of Jew, and they wanted to destroy it. And that was the most dreadful thing to do because we've lost identity. And now I lost my identity because the history was told by someone else that didn't want to know about my history. And then I grew up as a child without knowing who I am. Here in Israel. How old were yeah. you when you came? I came, uh, I left Iraq three years old and I arrived four years old because the the way from Iraq to uh, to uh, New Israel 1949 was uh, just like the uh, the trip that the, the Ethiopian Jews took right. you know okay. with a lot of walking with with a lot of walking 1000 kilometers what do you mean from, you only uh, not about Ethiopia not about the no, no, Iraqi that they walk to Israel of course Yemenite but not Iraqi we, we didn't Iraqi. walk no no by the way Fuad Fuad Ben Eliezer walked walked when he was 12 years old all the way from Basra to Israel yeah all the way wow. walking he came on some donkeys on the way or some whatever I walked from, I walked, I was carried uh, from, from, uh, from Abadan in uh, Persia to, to Tehran, which is 1,000 kilometers. And from Tehran, we got uh, planes that came and took us all the way to Lida Airport in those days. It was called Lida Airport. It wasn't called uh, Zdetufa Lod or Namala Tufa Ben Gurion. Yes. It was called. It was called Lida Airport, right. and we arrived there. And uh, in order to destroy completely the the identity, people were were forced to change their names. Yeah. What is your name, Victoria? Now you are Yehudit. What is and your name? To everybody, also to the European, also to all. Yeah, 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 yeah. To change the names, change the names, How destroy. Did you how do you but feel being a young. kid from, from Iraq? How did you feel as a kid? I don't know. I, I, had, I had a very strange childhood because uh, I was sent uh, as a refugee uh, from Iraq with my grandmother. My mother and my father stayed at, in uh, Basra for another two years. Wow. And uh, I didn't see them for two years. And we arrived over here. Uh, to um, uh, transition camps, which really were refugee camps, tents, little tents, bigger tents, oh. uh, huts, whatever, you know, and uh, there was no food, there, there was no, there, there, there was no, no way to make, to, to, to live. And with all that, you know, one thing that has to be studied really, Israel, 
is in a fantastic state today, very developed, and it all developed from refugee camps. There is no other country in the world that started from refugee camps and became so a mighty, mighty state. But you know, Yossi, I'm listening to your journeys and I'm thinking about the journey that Guri made in the United States. Guri is Yossi's son. And he's very famous, stand-up and he's actor, an actor and, and a lot comedian. Of yeah, very talented guy. And he just made um, a about Jews in America. Yeah. About the different kind of Jews in America, which was very interesting, yes, very yeah. unusual. He really got to all kind of versions that not many people know. And just I'm thinking about the short time that the Jewish journey made and the question that people are asking and then nonstop moving forward, sides, backwards, whatever you name it, and looking for ways to describe or to define their Judaism. And it's like it, everybody's carrying something from somewhere, trying to bring it to some place to create something and there's non-stop moving, 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 moving. And at the time that in Israel, we were, well, the, the Israel at that time, at the beginning was trying to define something like a community with one language, one face, one way, and it doesn't work and it doesn't work. And the more you think about how Israel wants to define itself, at the same time, you have so many other groups and so many other ways, and not everything even is affiliated with Israel. It's because you know, the, the, the thing is that uh, Jews were always, always uh, made into yeah. groups, 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 little communities, little, you know, a community here. And it's from the beginning, from the beginning, it started with tribes, the 12 yeah. tribes. And then afterwards, when they became a proper nation, they became, you know, all, all kinds of uh, not religious, not religions, but every every Jew saw himself as a temple, his own temple. He would, he is, he is. He carried a temple with them, yeah. Different temple, different the, synagogue. <laughs> you the, know, sometimes the, I think that part of our tragedy is that the Jews were always moving around and always uh, uh, were trained to take it with them uh, because they either had to run or to recreate or to move forward. And the Iraqi time, Jews never moved. The yes, Iraqi then, Jews, but they know, never then moved. we came to Israel and we got stuck and we, 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 cannot, we cannot take it. We cannot take it, Jews cannot sit still. You know, there is there is a, a little story. There is a little story about this guy that uh, uh, was uh, he fell off a ship, and he swam and swam and swam. And he got to an island. So the first thing he did was building two synagogues. One he's going to pray, in, and the other one he his foot wouldn't his, his foot wouldn't tread in it. Yes, you know that's, that's the way. You know? Yeah, tell me we great. didn't we we didn't introduce you. Properly, because you're one now, of the most say that I'm a good guy. Come. We know, and True. but but I, I'm know. not silly since she was. Oh, so many years <laughs> yeah, ago, no. yeah. but you know, but for me, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I never met 
enough people who can tell a story like you. It's almost like it used to be, I guess, you know, we talk about Suzanne, it's a need to tell stories and to listen to story, right? It's a human need. I think so, right? First of all, uh, the, the, the Torah starts from, from the Sefer Bereshit, which is the, how is it? It's in English, it's called um, Genesis, 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 right. Genesis, okay? I'll have to teach you a little bit, a little bit of Judaism, yeah, yeah, okay? Right. You know, I'm not going to go into your synagogue, you know? Anyway, uh, and Genesis is a book which is an unbelievable storytelling book. Right. You know, the creation of the world, the creation of Gan Eden, the, the, the uh, uh, no? Uh, paradise. Paradise and Adam and Eve. And Cain, and Cain and Abel and, uh, and Noah's ark and Joseph and his brothers and Jacob and his sons, you know, it's all full of stories. Not one order, not one order to obey something at all. And mitzvot, no mitzvahs, no mitzvahs. Why? Because they knew that you have to create a story in order to make people listen. Because the beginning of culture is listening. And storytelling became something that is mekudash, um, no? Uh, sacred. Sacred. It became sacred. And the first order in the Bible is you have to tell stories. You must tell stories. It's not, wow. it's not an option. This is a meaning. Wow. It's not an option. It's a must. You have to tell stories. Otherwise, you don't have any reason to live. That's the whole and the, generation. And the fact that you live, and the fact that you live now is because of other people's stories. Yeah. And yeah. we're going back to the, to the beginning of our conversation. People didn't listen to each other where they came from. People thought that where they came from is the best place. But we Iraqis were in one place for 2,600 years and more without pogroms. No one wanted to kill us. No one wanted to abuse us. We were just, you know, <laughs> the kings of the, of the country there. Of, of, what of... happened that you came to Israel? Why to come to Israel? Zionism, the, the Zionism. In 1941, there was the first big pogrom in, uh, in uh, Baghdad, which was called the Farhud, 1941. And uh, it was like uh, the greatest warning because Jews started moving to, to Palestine. They, they, my family started, I have a family that came here at the end of the 20s, beginning of the 30s, etc. And people started understanding that those Zionists are going to conquer the Middle East. And somehow in 1941, the, uh, the uh, prime minister of Iraq had a treaty with Hitler and he became a, a Nazi. This was a Nazi government, a proper Nazi government, you know, with the saluting with the, you know, and, and, and now joining 
joining the uh, Germans against the British. Now, who the Brits were our allies, as you know, and as we are the allies of the Brits, we are against okay. this government. We are the enemy of this government. And this pogrom, in this pogrom, a lot of people were killed, not millions, about um, 180, 160, 170 people, and uh, a lot were injured. And this was an enormous warning. And the uh, head of the Mossad in those days, no, 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 Zionist underground. The underground in Iraq started in 1941-42 with the people from, uh, uh, his name was uh, Shiloh. The name Shiloh was the first head of the Mossad. And uh, the, the Jewish, the Jewish uh, underground got, became quite strong. My father was uh, in the underground. My brother was my brother is much older than I am. He was much older than I am. Uh, we have uh, about eighteen or twenty years uh, apart in age. Yeah. And uh, the Jewish underground started ruling the the Jewish street. And uh, in nineteen fifty, and in, in nineteen forty six. The, the people started immigrating to Israel with the underground movement until 1949. And in 1950, Shlomo Hillel, which was yeah. the head of the Mossad Aliyabet, right. came to talk to the prime minister of uh, Iraq in order to give him, uh, he gave him, uh, he was the advisor, how to get rid of the uh, Jewish underground. And he told him, just throw Let them out know. of Iraq. Just throw them out of Iraq. He said, like, we can't do that. It's against the law. He said, well, change the law. <laughs> and they changed the law in 1950 and made a new law that any Jews want to leave Iraq, not like I did. I, I left Iraq, you know, with the underground. The others came in by law. And what was the law? You have to leave everything in Iraq. You're allowed to take just one suitcase, 20 kilos, no more and the clothes on yourself, and that's it. And with that, you can leave Iraq. No house, no money, no identity, no passport, out. Wow. Now, and he, he, thought, wow. he thought that how many could be, how many crazy people would want to leave Iraq? Maybe 2,000. 105,000 people that were left in Iraq after all the uh, infiltrating Jews that left Iraq, were in the street of the main synagogue in Baghdad. They slept in the street all, the, all those nights waiting in the queue to give the, back the Iraqi passport and get okay. a, um, a little piece of paper with a stamp saying one-way ticket. 
out. That's it. And the, every, I mean, if you want to see Herzl today, there is no Ashkenazi Herzl. They are all Iraqis. If you want to see Tikva or Carmela or uh, or uh, Balfour or uh, Weizmann, they won't be Ashkenazi Ashkenazi Jews. They will be only uh, Iraqi Jews. They stamped the Zionism into their skin. It was crazy. Well, Where did you get your stories? Where do you get your stories? Like you tell us now? I'm a sponge. You go all the way, you go everywhere, you tell, so you're like a sponge. Correct. I'm a sponge. What does it take? What does it take? What kind of you, a human being you are who can be like that? What kind of characteristics? Uh, listen, I know one thing that uh, I I don't only tell stories, I write stories if we... And you know, didn't tell you. the writer, is a poet, is a writer, is a poet, is a director. Those are my books here. Wow. Yeah, 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 those are my books. I wanted to ask but you... But you see, everything that you do is variations of storytelling, whether you tell it by heart or you bring people together to tell them or you direct or you write, it's all storytelling. Yeah, there is something that you can detect. That's true. Can you or somebody else detected the main through line of your books? I mean, uh, what is the main thread? There is one, a main thread in your writing? Creating my own identity. All my life, I lived with no identity. I, the identity that I have today, which I live in peace with, mostly because of my great wife, because she accepted me as I am, was, was made. I but made you never my took upon yourself the Israeli identity because- I'm Israeli. I'm different. I'm an Israeli. I'm an Israeli because I'm a different. What? Because you grew up here, you went to school here in Israel. Not only that, because I made, I made people yeah. I've made people understand that if I'm an Israeli, they're Israelis too. And in, 19, in, in 1970, I started the, the Israeli Community Theater, which I'm, I'm, yes. I'm regarded as the, the, uh, the father of uh, community theater, Avia Teatrona Kilati. I did it because I knew that I have to give people the... To channel the way, yeah. The abilities and the and the tools to create your own self and your own identity. If you don't, you're dead. You're dead. Right. If you don't have identity, you live like a right. like a snail without like a snail without without a house on it. Without the 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 um, no. Yeah, the core of your being. Yes, yes. But you know, I'm looking at you and what we are doing. And I don't know how can you pers persist, like, like really like scissor force, because for example, you go and you build, I mean, I know about it, you know, community theaters, right? And, and you're really trying to build communities. And then I don't know when you started to fight uh, that our kids will read books, which you look at the, kids today 
forget about books. There is Twitter and there is Instagram and there is all. They tell the stories their way. It's they, uh, yeah, but, but not. No, I must, I must tell you that there is. No, no. There, there, it's, it, it's a wrong way of thinking, I must say. Look, once people wrote on the walls of the, of the um, caves. Of the caves. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, they wrote on rocks. Right. And after that, they wrote on, on materials that are available and they can keep, like uh, rice, rice paper or papyrus yeah. or, uh, or uh, um, skin of an animal or whatever. Later, when, when the Europeans found a way of doing the, the paper from, from that's the, that's wood, revolution, the, yeah. wood the, and, and creating the, the, uh, print. Uh, the print, that was an enormous revolution. But today, you don't need all those things. We have, we have the ability to create words and vision like this, you know? That's it. We but don't need anymore. And reading from the from the iPhone or yeah. reading from the from the um, uh, computer is reading. The kids today are reading you much are, more. You, than are, you are a hopeless optimist. Optimist no, 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 because no, you're wrong. Wait a minute. Wrong. Wait a minute. Look, the kids today. I'm speaking about kids today. When they wrote in the cave and they wrote, I think they tried to to really express themselves deeply and now i have the feeling that most of the kids are trying to impress well first of all it's a way of communication yes first of all I, 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 must, I, I must tell you something you you you're not allowed to leave your childhood anyone that leaves his childhood is dead mm -hmm. and when you say those kids are that means that you are not a kid i'm a kid I'm, I'm, I didn't pass 14 and, uh, because I couldn't She's pass younger. 14. Me too. She's no, younger. no, no, I feel the same. But I, could, I couldn't pass 14 because I didn't have anyone to tell me how to live as a, as a grown-up. That's why I stayed as, as a child. And you know what? It's suffering, but it's, it gives you a lot of strength. Childhood is something that has to live with you until you're dead. Absolutely. But I think that, look, I see, I hear all these years, people that are saying, oh, the kids today, the kids today, the kids today, they don't, they, it's wrong because technology changes, techniques change. The idea is there all the time because they, the kids, communi the kids communicate not with enough whatever to communicate. they have. No, but we don't thing. teach them to be curious. I mean, if you talk to him, you, he doesn't, all his knowledge came out of curiosity. But some people are curious and some people are not. But we have no, 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 no. Everybody, everyone is on curious. different levels. In their own way. Levels. In their own way. That's right. In their own way. Yeah. Some curiosity doesn't mean anything to you. But if right. if he looks at the at the at the cockroach and sits there to look at the cockroach all all evening, you know what? You would tread on the cockroach maybe, or you would scream, ah, juke, you know. But he looks at it as something fantastic. Hey, right. Right. Yeah, like, doesn't know? he have, doesn't he have the, the cockroach watcher? Doesn't he have secure, no, sacramut, no. Curiosity. 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 
you know, I personally think that any version of uh, expressing is okay. Every version of using knowledge or collecting knowledge or learning about things and communicate through this is good with me. And I'm just trying to understand what the younger generation is doing so I won't be left behind. So I need to join them, not to drag them backwards to me, just join them, you know, and carry my stuff with me because these are my tools. But I think- May, it's may I say something about that, Tilly? I, I think the best thing that could happen to us is that our kids are better than us. And that our, the grandkids are even better than their Absolutely. parents. And I, there, is a little, there is a very, very short poem that I wrote once saying, כשהייתי צעיר, חשבתי שהורים הם סתם מטומטמים. עכשיו כשאני סבא, אני בטוח. <laughs> I don't know. You should see how my boys dismiss me when I ask them, what? They said, and they just keep going. So you think the world is better today than it used to be? The world is never better or worse. The, the world, world it is goes okay. on. We don't, I mean, maybe it should be like that. Maybe it should be now the destruction of this uh, planet that we're on. Maybe we were sent to destroy this planet. Maybe we are the, the virus that was sent to this planet in order to destroy it. We don't know. It happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, you right. know? And it did, uh, they didn't succeed to destroy the planet. And we are the Sodom and Gomorrah take two. I don't think, I don't think that the world is better or worse. There are good people. There are people who are less good. There are great people that do great things. And many people don't, don't. The world is there, you know? It's like, it's a place that we make it better or worse. What you're trying okay. to do in your, when you tell stories, you go around everywhere, you get people, they tell their stories, you tell your story. Why? I need to be listened to. It's a need. When I was a kid, one of 10, you know, in order to get some attention, you really have to start wow. some drama going on. Otherwise, you know, be good, be like my, your brothers. Don't, don't, don't jump, don't start, don't do that, don't do, do da, di, da, da. And then, you know, my father used to say, it, it's another poem that I wrote that my father says all the time, can't you just go and come back? without drama, without catastrophe, without something open, so close or close or open or close or just be quiet. And I couldn't because, you know, I was like uh, bubbling all the time and I needed people to listen to me. Yeah, but, but you know, we, like she said, there are good people, there are bad people. There is something in, in your voice the voice that you would like to send. It's not just to get an attention. It always feels there is more to it. Not just the voice, you know, let, let hear me. 
there is almost like, a, I don't know, kind of shlichut, a mission, or am I wrong? My mission was at the beginning to make, first of all, the people that li like me understand that they've got nothing to be ashamed of. They've got nothing to be ashamed of. They're here because yeah. things happened and they have to know about themselves. And I started teaching and I started doing theater. And never and be I, guilty about it. I feel because I know that he was a teacher, he was a writer, he was a poet, he, he goes around, he built up communities, he, he goes to kids. And I mean, this man doesn't abuse You know, it. I always feel, I, no. I think of I, you I, as I hardly sleep. You know, actually, I think of you as a, as a cook because every time when I listen to all the festivals and the gatherings, it, he mixes all the colors, all the They're taste, all, all those. the cultures. And it's like cooking a whole big community with many dialects of culture under one roof. And it's just beautiful. What about the, 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 your kids, your grandchildren? How, I mean, the, how, what is the developing of those generation who all these years grew up in Israel? The, yeah, like they are sons or grandchildren of Iraqi. How much they and carry? What, no, no, no. I just now it's stick to the Iraqi. No, now I'm sticking to the Iraqi. Not about his grandchildren. In general, what, do you see any progress or what is the journey of anybody that his origin is from Iraq? His grandparents, great grandparents doesn't matter. How is it the, today? The Iraqi congregation. The Iraqi congregation in Israel mixed itself a lot. A lot of Iraqis married out. There is hardly, I mean, most of the Iraqis are married out. There are hardly any Iraqis married to Iraqis. It's very strange. But uh, look, I've got three kids that are far more clever than I am, far more knowledgeable than I am, far more educated than I am, far more uh, able than I am. And I was ashamed to be more able than my father. I wasn't allowed. Things were, you know, you, you couldn't be taller than your father or a bit more clever than your father. That was unknown. My grandchildren that they are now, um, there are 10 grandchildren. My father had 10 kids without any babysitters. At least I have two babysitters on, on, on every kid, you know, the, yeah. their parents. Yeah. So it's, uh, they are even more clever than their parents. I, I, you see it. I mean, you, you just see it. Because they grew up in a way that they were allowed. They were allowed to grow. I've got uh, 10 grandchildren from 12 different countries, okay. from Iraq, from Persia, from Syria, from Libya, from uh, Austria, from Australia, for, from Germany, from, from uh, shall I carry on? And uh, 12 countries. And you, you look at them and one looked like Grisha from, uh, you know, with blue eyes and uh, blonde hair. The other one looks with the blue eyes and black hair. The, the, this one looks a bit darker than the one with the lighter. And it's, it's fantastic. 
We are a proper community and a little bit, a little family. And so, so they all have one identity. They don't uh, carry. No, like, like they have. They have different. No, they have different identities. Even it's though okay. they're all Israelis, yes. you see. When I grew up knowing that it, being an Israeli, you have to look like this, not like that. You have to speak like this, not like that. You have to approach things like this and not like that. I grew up on, in a generation where they wanted to send me to be a, a metal worker. Why? Because that's the way. Yeah. You, are, you, are, you are an Eastern Jew, you're a metal worker. And I, I went to a, a school of metal work, Amal, in, in okay. Israel. And I just looked at this machine. Uh, I didn't know what to do with it. Thank God there was a drama, drama uh, group in the school that made me come to school because I went only to the drama group. That's it. And after the drama school, slowly I, I ran away from the whole thing and found, found uh, the uh, art school, Renanim. And there were people that are, I owe them my life. They saved me. You know, they, they taught me things that I still am learning from them. And how, and how your family uh, took it? My father died and it was, it was like freedom. I could go anywhere I, want, I wanted. I became my, my own father. From being 15, 16, from the age of 15, I became my own father. That's why I'm saying that I'm only 14. I stayed 14 all, all my life because right. I had a father from, and I created an, another image, the image of my father, even though my father was, uh, look. I'm lucky, my father died when I was seven, <laughs> you know? Look. Wow. This is my father. This is my father wearing um, uh, an Indian hat, okay? Because the Indians came with the British in 1921, they brought Indians, soldiers, and Indian, and became it became a it became a fashion. Uh, they've left the tarbush, which was Turkish. They've left all of that, and they, they adopted the Indian. Look at yeah. his eyes. Yeah. This is Sidara. This is Sidara. And look at his eyes. For me, for me, this man was the most enormous man in the world. I was so frightened to just utter a word near him, okay? And now I'm 76 years old, I'm 25 years older than him, and I still look at him and petrified. But you still keep his picture in your room. Of course. Because, because I you, know, sure. you know, beware, beware, beware. That's what he's saying, beware. Yossi, take us to your, let's say, Passover table. Your kids, your grandkids, how do you run it? By what? How, what, how last, do you give them last, the message? How last, do you year, last, last year, uh, Sue and I were on our own. And we've made an oh, enormous yeah. uh, table right. with, all the, with all the deeds and all that. And uh, we, we, we did the Zoom. We just started the Zoom in, in, in last, last Passover. I, I learned how to use Zoom. Zoom. And uh, we Zoomed each other 
and we created some kind of a, a, a network yeah. between us. And but usually, the Seder night is done in an Iraqi way, and we do the whole thing. And you see, this is another thing of st storytelling. The Haggadah, Haggadah means the story. To tell. It's not yeah. a legend. It's a to tell. You have to, to tell, the telling, the telling of, of the story, okay? And the telling of the story has to be told in languages that you can understand. That's why it's told in Hebrew, in Aramaic, in Yiddish, in English, and in Iraqi Jew. And if you say, blah, 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 which is, it's not Hebrew, this is Aramite, okay? And we say it in, in Arabic as well, and we sing it in Arabic. So all your grandkids know that. They know how to carry it. They can the sing it? Uh, my, my kids sing it. My grandkids are listening. I can feel it that one of them is already, now he's, he's uh, 17. And he started to sing it. The, the other girls that are 20 and 19, they, they show me that they know, but they don't really know. Okay. They carry on, they carry on. They don't need to, to get stuck. They have to go on, on, on. But you know, it's interesting because you somehow it gets loose. And then when they have their kids, the tune that stick to them, it's what you taught them. And when you bring the kids for the second, for the, the later generation, everybody find their own roots and it comes out and it's really, and it's really nice. It's really beautiful and it repeats itself. I, I did everything that I could do not to educate my kids. I did everything that I could do not to tell them what to think or what to do. I was just there. Wow. I was just there. Look, no, I, I, I never, I never learned, I never learned how to swim. Never. Someone just pushed me into the water and I almost drowned. And then I realized that I could, I could, you know. So you're not, you not a helicopter father. You were not. Yeah, well, you're not a helicopter father controlling every move of your kids. No, no, no way, no way, no way. Not, I mean, I'm married to a wonderful woman. Which but she's not really, Polish. I'm, if she was Polish, I'm, I don't know what will happen to you. <laughs> he was a Polish was Jew. You know, I, I don't know. I, what I, would I be was lucky. Case. I was lucky all throughout my life. I had a fantastic life because I I knew hell and I knew heaven. Until until I was twenty six year old, and I came back from London with all due, you know, with all the knowledge that I got from London, at the, the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, oh. and I arrived back to in Israel, and I started thinking, how am I going to start new theater, and how am I going to do this and that, and then I met Sue, which which was fantastic. After you came, after you came from London, or before? Yeah, after I, I oh, after, after I came, came and and you know, meeting her brought me into heaven. 
and thank God that it does have, I don't believe in God, but I'm saying it for the same way. Uh, thank God, okay, whatever it is. Whatever it is as long as you have somebody to thank for. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, listen, but uh, you most, can you reach the young people to listen to your stories? Of course. I, I did a project with the Bank of Oalim in Israel uh, for 15 years, and we did about 2,000 shows, something like that, over, over almost, I think almost 2,000 shows, which none of them was the same. Each show was different because doing the same show is not the right thing because now I'm talking to you is different than all those Zoom talks that I talk to others because you're different. You're different. Yes. If you're different, I have to be different as well. I have to bring you something else. And the idea was bringing kids back to books, back to reading. Yeah. And I've made them understand that what they're doing by not reading books, by reading from the computer and reading from the iPhone will bring them back to books. Because this thing feeling with the yeah. with the paper, with this, you know, well, yeah. it's a different feeling. It's intimate. And I'm, I, I must say that a lot of kids, after each one of those shows that I did to them, and I was always telling them about how, how I didn't read books at the beginning. <clears throat> and then I was writing the books, you know. You know, I hear more and more people saying like playwrights or screenwriters or even writers in the last 20, I don't know when, years, they use the computer to write. Now they're going to handwriting back. It's almost no, a lot of people are going I'm, to I'm the first Israeli. I'm the first Israeli writer that started working with a computer. Oh. And uh, at the time I was active in the... Uh, in the uh, uh, writers' union in Tel Aviv, and I told them to, uh, that I bought a computer. You know, you put a, a, a disc in, a floppy disk, and you get it out. And you put another floppy disk, and then, and then you, I, I have a thing that called Einstein, another one uh -huh. called Wood Mill, and with it, and, the, and and this little thing. And I write, and they said to me, "What?" They said to me, "Are you crazy?" You're going to write books on a computer? What are you, a, a clerk? I said, I said why, why, why can't I write on a computer? No one can read my handwriting anyway because it's so terrible. But it's so fantastic, you know, I can write much faster. And they said, oh God, Alfie, you became, you became a, a clerk, you're working on a computer. I said, mm -hmm. you know what, what is the best thing in the computer? There is one there, there's a note there, a little thing that delete. says on it, delete. Right. And the writers that don't have this delete right. don't have the ability to write. We used to delete with with the um, scissors yeah, and with masking yeah, yeah. tape and with, with the tipex, tipex, you know? Right. And uh, now we do thing and it's all gone. Right. Yossi, what are you what are you rehearsing on now? I'm now working on the festival, it's in a month time. And my head is all stories. No, no, it's it's it's. I must say, I'm not. 
very happy these days. I'm very, very preoccupied with the problems that we've got to, to go through because last, <clears throat> last, uh, last uh, uh, festival, we had to do it without any audience. Sure. And we right. just brought it to the television and radio right. uh, on stage without any audience. And I hope it's not going to happen to us this year because it will kill me. Nothing bounce back. You sit there on the stage and nothing comes yeah. bounce back to you. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, really. You you can't work without audience. You can't. When is when is the festival? From the 18th of uh, September oh, to the 28th right, right, right. of September, which is now. Course, it's, it's, coming, it's coming now. Yeah. Yes, wow. Yes. Well. And. Uh, I travel throughout the world and tell stories other places. And uh, I would love to come to, where do you live now? New York. That's it, huh? you live in New York as well? CP lives six, half and half. I live here and six months in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I live yeah. here. Yes. Doesn't matter where I am, I'm here. We'll be it's very not the, you you're not a wandering Jew, stories. you're the bouncing Jew. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Back and forth, but uh, it will be nice if you come and tell stories in New York. Please okay. invite uh, me. Absolutely. You know, I just it just crossed my mind actually, because I teach teach screenwriting at NYU, and I think that they can actually learn from you about storytelling. Yeah, I give lectures. This is, this is really uh, you know it's what we teach. It is it, we call it storytelling. I have to think about what I'm saying. It's almost like you can bring to the students there, you know, the soul in the dramatic the... writing program and in the you know, undergraduate film and television at NYU, you can bring a, another level of understanding about what is truly a storytelling. Right. You know? Everything all, that one does. What? And, and, and everything that one does but everything is a story. Yeah. Yes. Every second, every move, every breath, every breath that you take in or in, inhale. Yeah, but you have to believe that, that the way you tell is, you, your voice is different than her voice. Because my it's voice. my voice, but your yes. voice is different because it's your voice. Yeah, but we have to trust our own voice and it seems that yeah, you but, trust your voice. But, I'll bring you back to the rabbi from Kotsk. Rabbi, the rabbi from Kotsk, Menachem Mendel. Mm -hmm. The poor man was very depressed. And he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't want to do anything, and that's it. He didn't want to know anyone. He closed the door and he didn't allow anyone to see him anymore. And they would put food near his door to see that he's alive. You know? And once they came to him, this Hasidim said to him, Rabbi, why are you so sad? You know, you are the greatest man on earth now. Since Moshe Rabbeinu, you are the best Jew ever. And he says to me, I don't know if I'm Moshe Rabbeinu or not Moshe Rabbeinu. I just am afraid that one day I'm going to go up to heaven and God will look at me and say, and when, were, when was it that you were yourself? When was it that you were Menachem Mendel? Mm -hmm. When was it that you can say that 
I was me. When? And that is scary. And then he says, Imaniani, if I am me and you are you, then you are you and me is me. But if I am me because you are you and you are you because I am me, then I am not me and you are not you. And that is a fantastic wow. thing. Did you tell it to your grandchildren? I'm sorry? Did you tell it to your grandchildren? Of course, they know it by heart. I'm going to tell it tomorrow. Good. I'm giving, I'm, I'm taking all of them. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Huh? That was Thank wonderful. You very much. What a great note to finish. Yossi, great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, Listen, we have to meet. For God's sake. Yes, and thank everybody and for thank coming everybody. to Zaman, which is what he's doing all the time. Right. Okay. And we'll see you next Allah week. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. He's frozen at the last moment. Oi, 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 oi.